Hello everybody and welcome to episode 60 of Competitive Magic with the Carnies. I'm your host from Italy, Andrea Mengucci, and joining me we have Anthony Lee from Australia. Hola. We do not have with us Javier Dominguez from Spain. Anthony, did, did he give an official uh, uh, explanation? Did, well, did yeah, we, we actually had planned to have Javier today, but he ate far too much for Thanksgiving. He ate an entire family-sized paella, fell asleep, and he did not wake up in time to join us on this podcast, so we're just going to go ahead without him, because that's really on him. So, no Javier today, I'm afraid. All right, it's time to, uh, you know, talk about some of the uh, cultural differences. So, we in Italy, and I'm assuming in Spain as well, do not celebrate Thanksgiving, but what about in Australia? Do you? Uh, we do actually, yeah. Um, and we we get gifts delivered by uh the Thanksgiving koala. Koala, okay. Mm -hmm. So and later it's gonna be a a, a kangaroo in uh, in the in um, Christmas. Mm -hmm. We've got lots of animals. Right, right, right. Very friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is true indeed. Okay then. Um, all right, Anthony. We have of course some uh, competitive magic to talk about here on the competitive magic. Uh, with the Carnies podcast. Uh, but first, I wanted to uh, shout out three uh, subscribers to our Patreon. Uh, they are Noah, Nano, and uh, Kyle. Thank you so much for uh, that. And yeah, hope you are enjoying the uh, Discord chatting that is going on right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's, let's, yes, let's get into the... Um, Let's get into the what happened last weekend. So we had three more regional championship. Now, if I uh, understood it correctly, only the American one is missed, and uh, yeah. we have a full uh, ro rooster of qualified players, mm -hmm. and uh, and then it's gonna be Pioneer PT. So let's let's start with the Japan one, which was actually the first one that uh, came out for you know uh, time zone purposes and. It was uh, so surprising because the top two decks with 39 copies and then 30. So overall, a very large portion of the field was the new Discover combo that we talked about last week, whether it would be breaking the format or not. Well, turns out it uh, <laughs> did not break it. In fact, maybe the players who played it got broken. Uh, I don't yeah. know how to say it. Yep, that's right. That's, that's how you'd say it. <laughs> I think they'd agree. So we had... 39 players on Quintorius combo and uh, 30 people on a Geological Appraiser combo and they had a pretty tremendous win rate. 36% for the Quintorius combo, 48% for the Geological Appraiser. Of course, some of them still managed to break through and actually the first one is this Motohiko Nakao with uh, the Geological Appraiser combo, which is the 4-mana one, so the slightly faster one. Uh, but yeah, in the end, it was Kenta Masukado on John Transmogrify who uh, got the best, which is another deck that, you know, kind of new, right? Have you have you ever tested this, this deck before? Yeah, only a little bit. Maybe not this version, um, but, you know, we looked at Transmogrify decks before, but they definitely weren't anything close to a central part of Pioneer, right? Like, absolutely nobody would have guessed John Transmogrify would be in the top eight of a regional championship this weekend, let alone win it so this is really impressive it's pretty cool as well that everybody was freaking out about these discover combo decks and 
they did poorly, and not only did they do poorly, a completely different combo deck came out of left field to win the event. So that's yeah, it's, that's really awesome to see. Yeah, remember uh, testing a lot the blue red creativity. Some other people were playing the Grixis Tresmogrify, and all of the all of us were just putting into play Atraxa. Um, yeah, this deck does the same. It's also very interesting to see Torch the Tower over Fatal Push because of the Geological Appraiser combo deck that tends to win with this 4-mana 3-2. You want to have a... Torch, you'd rather have Torch the Tower than uh, Fatal Push. Yeah, it's also because um, it, I, it, it breaks up the Quintorius combo as well because you can hit Planeswalkers with it, which Push obviously can't do. So that's why Torch is much preferred over Push for that reason. That is, uh, that is very true. So the Quintorius Planeswalker minus 3, you discover... And when the Spark Double is on the stack, you kill Quintorius and yeah, they have to, you know, copy something else or nothing even. Yeah, and we yeah, see that is, uh, Yeah, we see Torch the Tower in the regular Rakdos midrange decks as well. Like Shota Yasoka's list has Torch the Tower too. Um so I think this was pretty common in Japan, I imagine. Cause Shota also said ahead of time he was going to put Torch in uh black red. So you see this um, Yeah, Shota also played yeah, Shota also played Bitter Triumph, which is another new card. It costs one in a black, instant, as an additional cost to cast a spell, discard a card or pay three life, and you can destroy a creature or a planeswalker. So this is able to stop both combo decks. Um, yeah, that's that's cool. I know, just, I haven't expected that. Ooh, I see uh, Nami Namsung also in mm -hmm. the 22nd place. Does he have Namsung some torches around? Yes, indeed. No, but he yeah, does have the Bitter Triumph, didn't... and he has the end. He has a Bitter Triumph. <laughs> <laughs> Another way All right, and in the final of uh, of this event was uh, Azor's Control mm -hmm. by uh, Yuya uh, Ozokawa, and uh, Azor's Control had actually the best uh, win, uh, win win rate in uh, in the Japanese RC. And we see also a lot of new cards here. We see four copies of Get Lost. That is the uh, new. Uh, f um, <laughs> I never remembered that name. Fateful absence for two mana that. Yeah, the new Fateful Absence that uh, I think we talked about it on the podcast, how, you know, Teferi plays very well with that. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so four copies of that one here in this uh, deck that just wins with uh, Wandering Emperor, Shark Tefuin, and of course, the Teferi Hero of Luminaria. I see a new card in the Cybert as well. What is this? Ooh. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Rootsil's uh, Flanker. This is a three-mana card from the, uh, the latest set, and it's in the Cybert in three copies. It has Flash. And when it does battlefield, you choose one. You put a plus one, plus one counter on it for each creature that left the battlefield this turn. So I guess that one is not the reason why it's here. And then you gain two life and scry two, or you exile target's player graveyard. So uh, yeah, it's played as a uh, Kalios, uh, like the three mana, uh, you know, just a way to remove the graveyard of uh, Is a Phoenix, basically. Mm -hmm. Yep, it's one side. And having flash is very good as well, I think. Like, it lets you... Uh react more easily i think like some of the other pieces like rest in peace can be a little more awkward um but i think kutsil's flanker seems like it might be particularly good especially if you're going to be able to answer everything like a 3-1 is probably actually a threat post board right because it's not like they're going to have answers to creatures in their deck post board or at least very few of them so i could see that being particularly good yeah yuya does not play any uh Lair angel or other creatures so that is your your only, your only creature. Remember, these events are open deck list. So that is also okay. There's also Grace Fang. You can also exile the graveyard of a, of the Grace Fang player. Sure. I also see three copies of summary dismissal. Why would you say? 
Wait, what's the reason why you think? Uh, so the reason for summary dismissal, I think, is because the existence of the uh, Quintorius deck means there's a lot more thought distortions going around. So they oh, their plan against Blue White Control is to resolve thought distortion. So Blue White needs right. some way to not lose to that card. So he's picked summary dismissal. He can there and that's also the Narcissus Nar- reversal. Yes. Yeah, there's three summary dismissal and two Narcissus reversal. Well, he really made up his mind. That's very. <laughs> very much ready for that oh also now that I think about it Chandra the new Chandra as well uh, mm-hmm. sorry not new Chandra Awakened Inferno yep or Dragon or Dramoka think... or Dragon or Dramoka yeah all of these uncomfortable spells cannot beat the uh, 4 mana exile uh, everything on the stack yeah Hosokawa was ready and I mean I think if you look at I don't know if you can see his uh, matchups easily from this page but he feasted on uh, Geoform this this tournament if I recall correctly yeah look at that <laughs> yeah at the Wow, at the beginning <laughs> of his tournament. Yeah, he played a four, he five, didn't lose a six single times. game. <laughs> yeah, he played the matchup six times and never lost a single game. Naturally, yeah. <laughs> Impressive. Impressive. There's a lot more combo decks, by the way. The Pioneer format is definitely uh, a combo oriented format. There's also the Rona Luca combo, which I believe uh, was topped in the uh, quarterfinals by uh, Yuya. This is the deck that, that uh, Samuel Estrati brought uh, in uh, the RC Lil. Uh, I believe uh, he's not playing with Yorian, so this is just 60 cards. Uh, Yeah, very similar. Like, the goal of this deck is just to have Elves and then look at them into Atraxa, and you also have the combo with uh, uh, Retraction Elix, uh, Rona. Yeah, it's gotta be tough against Supreme Verdict decks to play this deck. Um, Although I do see a new card in Squirming Emergence, maybe that's good, but... Yeah, I assume it's going to be very difficult against Blue-White decks. Um... It's interesting what's the, because... What's the card you mentioned? Squirming Emergence. It's a reanimation spell from uh, Lost Caverns of Ixalan. It's the... Uh, yeah. Oh, Squirming Emergence. Okay, one in a, one black green and you return to the battlefield target non, uh, non-land permanent in your graveyard. Okay. So maybe you can try to grind so through a rat this way or like makes it maybe easier to stick a Planeswalker, but yeah, I think it's going to be tough. <laughs> um, yeah. And then yeah. we we also see an additional combo deck, maybe not in the Japanese one, but it came in the final in the South America, which is the Amalia combo. This is another mm-hmm. another combo deck brought to you by <laughs> Lost Caverns of Ixlam, which is you know brought so many combo decks Pretty to the format. Um, yeah, oh. so the combo is between uh, we we've mentioned this yep. deck basically on. <laughs> When when we did the the previous season, the combo is Lunark Veteran, Wildgrowth Walker, and Amalia Benavides. This is the uh, one white, one black, two two ward, three life. When you gain life, it explores, and then you destroy all other creatures if its power is exactly twenty. Uh, so what happens is that you can get a turn, uh, how much? Turn three, twenty twenty. That sure. rats everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh... And there's also, okay. There's um return the, the the card here that's featured that sort of newish is return to the ranks, um that's probably a card that wasn't on everybody's radar but that makes it a lot easier for you, uh to go off through interaction, um, but okay, so return to the ranks X one what what X white white sorcery convoke and you reanimate two creatures, oh sorry X no, no, creatures, no, creatures with mana value two or less yeah so you can get the whole oh, combo nice you know? um that would probably you get help the whole deck actually sweepers yeah there's not a there's not a single creature that costs more than two in this deck. Yeah, <laughs> um, which makes sense, right? Um, they have a very specific goal. But for me, um, one of the most impressive innovations I saw in the Amalia combo was from the Japanese 
RC. So uh, some of the Japanese lists, I think if you look for Haruki Yusui, I don't know if anyone else uh, played it. Um, yep, so that Mario okay, combo. Haruki Yusui, yes. Uh, I love Yusui. the claim to fame. Yusui. That's so smart. So what happens is when you, exp- when you go off and you explore until your Amalia hits 20, right? Um, you get to mill a bunch of cards, right? As you explore. So if you get to bin a copy of fame, you can give your Amalia haste. So you don't even have to untap with it to be able to attack straight away for 20. And the claim side can, nice. can yeah, we were talking about. Too. Yeah, we were talking about the Maximus Velocity, but I guess this one's Yeah, this one's better. perfect, right? Yeah, because it's also like a real card on the other side. Um, this is great innovation to me. I, I love this version of the deck. I think um, if someone was interested in a Mario combo, yeah. I'd probably recommend this one. I was. Uh, this reminds me the uh, in in modern you used to have the uh, vizier of remedies plus devoted druid combo, which is like mm-hmm. similarly to this deck a two card combo that you need to untap with it. Mm-hmm. But you also had the reanimation spell, uh, the pure action black one. Yes, post mortem lunge. This yes, post mortem. Yeah. So yeah, this deck reminds me of that one. I have a question. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe this is like a ruling question that I would have asked you in the Carnies Discord normally. So. Um, Amalia says, then destroy all other creature if its power is exactly 20. But what happens if you um, start the combo again after Amalia is bigger than 20? Uh, well, then it's not exactly 20, is it? So it won't kill the other creatures. Yeah, so... So, but... You just say that you don't want to do this anymore? Oh, no. Uh, I believe you'll end up getting a draw, so don't... No, it. really? Yeah, because if you can't break the loop, then... It draws, right? Unless you can take Even an action paper. that stops you it. Just... But, you know, you can't just not. Do okay. It. Okay. Wow. Interested. Well, I, I was mean, wondering just, what would happen. Just don't do that. Any... Just, just, yeah. just attack him for twenty. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But let's say there's some problems with that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so you have a another new card is Senot Scout. That is the one mana one one that explores. You have Tremela Sarah. So yeah, definitely, uh, very much. Uh, yeah, basically, like, it's just a, a new deck once again in, in Pioneer. Pioneer keeps on uh, uh, evolving, and in this set, it was all about uh, all about new combos. Yeah, the new set, I don't know, uh, it was a lot more broadly impactful than we could possibly have expected, right? I mean, I don't think there's any one thing that's, like, overwhelmingly impactful. Like, there's not, like, a single card that's transforming everything, but there's just lots of, like, new additions, I think. Um, yeah, in... in yeah, uh, the Warden, yeah. In second place... Yeah, in second place, there is another quote-unquote combo deck, which is the Boris Convoke deck, that is playing the Warden of the Inner Sky, which works well with uh, uh, Throbbing Inspector, Voldaren Epicure, and so and so on. We we talked about this on the uh, previous season as well. I would say that, uh, yeah, definitely lots of uh, innovations. One card that I haven't seen at all is Cavern of Souls. Um. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that, ha- that card has some pretty big deck-building constraints. Um, and the I yeah, think you need the, it as a fixer because yeah. just no one's playing counter spells, and counter spells. Uh, mm. I mean, th- that was before this time, before the current uh, weekend where, of course, blue white surged. But before this weekend, blue white was not very much to be seen, and no one was playing counter spells. And even when they do have counter spells, they tend not to be very good against um, the creature decks in the first place, right? Like even if they didn't have cavern, the counter spells tend to be as expensive or more expensive than the threats they're countering anyway, so they're not too exciting. Um. But yeah, like I don't know where yeah. where would you put Cavern of Souls in any of these decks? You know, it's kind of yeah. No, I mean we're talking about like spirits, but I see a spirits deck in top sixteen in Canada as one Cavern of Souls, so it's not even. <laughs> uh, 
that good there and the humans deck are nowhere to be seen but um, another very big innovations that happened in in canada was the the rise of the phoenix deck with mm-hmm. four phoenix deck in the top four uh and eventually uh ha fam winning the whole thing with that's uh, a different Grixis Grixis deck, huh? <laughs> that's very different it's basically just yeah i said grixis but it's like only playing red for arclight phoenix which so know, it's really I, you, back you don't spend mana for yeah yeah exactly and it has a new card which is bitter triumph this is like a way to play lightning axe mm-hmm. that also kills the player's walker makes sense I mean, yeah, just Black Lightning Axe like, really increases the different ways you can play this deck, I suppose. And this way you get to play Thoughtseize, which might have been important if they expected a lot of combo decks, which would make sense going into this weekend, right? Yeah, this is the first time that I read the name Monogreen Devotion in ninth place. It was really... <laughs> it was, it was not a good time for Monogreen. Yeah, they really got a slogging. Uh, I'm guessing that it yeah, was also I'm... much less popular because people were afraid of playing it into... Quintorus and Appraiser, like it's really not very good against the Appraiser deck because if you don't interact yeah, with them, what kind of a threat interaction they can just go off on you super easily. I was uh, curious to see uh, this player's pairings, and he only they, they only got paired against Geologic Appraiser once, and they, 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 they won. won That's though, nice. So yeah, it's not as bad as <laughs> as it looks. Perhaps, uh, but um, yeah, the, That's, yeah, it's um, huge. Like Phoenix's. I mean, look with Phoenix's performance, I'm sure. All of the talking heads that were clamoring for, you know, a quick ban on, um, on the on Quintorius or whatever. I'm sure everybody will want uh, pieces of the puzzle gone on December four. So, uh, yeah, I, I f- looking I, forward. To I that. feel like Pioneer is just, yeah. I mean, I understand like, Pioneer. Just you cannot go for any bans. Like this yeah. is just the most balanced formats for so many months that you know it's just it would be unbelievable it just changes so fast as well i'm really impressed by that any form people adapt really quickly yeah Yeah, and and also just new cards continuously impact like that that's the thing with new sets even in modern of course new sets impact but like for example in modern you have like two or three cards make an impact in you know every set but it went in pioneer maybe even more than 10 but uh yeah i think we should i mean we're looking a little into why Phoenix did so well, I guess. I think a big part of it was that Phoenix is very well... Like, you can build Phoenix to be good against these particular combo decks. Phoenix hasn't been good against combo decks in general. Like, I would really not want to play Phoenix against Lotus Field, for example. But the way that the Appraiser decks and Quintorius... The the way the Discover combo decks impact the format is to kind of uh, subsume those, right? Like, people are more afraid to play decks like Monogreen or Lotus and play more decks like, well, those decks, those new decks, uh, which is advantageous for Phoenix, because Phoenix is quite good at uh, interacting with those, I think. At least Appraiser it's very good at dealing with, and you can certainly build it to be decent against Pintorius. So I think that that's probably uh, a big part of why it did so well this weekend, other than the fact that, you know, it was already a good deck, right? Like, there was a new threat, and the deck that was uh, one of the stronger ones already that was best equipped to deal with it uh, succeeded very impressively i mean that's <laughs> they they had four out of the top four right so and another yeah. one in the top eight um yeah i'm i'm, I'm looking at uh, max door who finished first in swiss and he was playing the the version that got popularized in the european rc with four picklock prankster and four otherworldly gaze that gives the deck so much consistency and then of course you only have treasure cruise you don't have any more the take an extra turn copy it uh way of uh trying to win the game basically Sure. I mean, I don't think those things are 
I don't I don't know if they're necessarily connected. Like you could play the combo if you wanted to, right? They just didn't want to. Yeah. In the sideboard there's four copies of Crackling Drake as a way to beat the Arachnus midrange decks. Yep, that works very well. Control decks as well. This is definitely an interesting list. But yeah, no. Uh yeah, Pioneer, it's it's gonna like, you know, before the PT there's a new set, so we've seen how much it changed with uh, with this set, so we can only assume that uh the new set called uh Karlov what's Murders at Karlov Manor. Karlov Karlov Manor. Mur- murders yeah, murders at Karlov Manor, Manor. Yeah. and apparently the PT okay, okay. much to my disappointment is PT Karlov and not PT Murders, but you know, fine. It's yeah. PT yeah. <laughs> murders at Karlov Manor is the format. Karlov. Yeah, so the format's gonna change again, and yeah, this is gonna be interesting. There is again the um, American RC in a couple of weeks. That'll so be exciting too, right? Like, because like it, this, 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 this set of RCs was completely dominated by people talking and thinking about Appraiser and uh, Quintorius, right? And you know, there was a little bit of thought about things like Amalia or Warden of the Inner Sky and how that improved Convoke or whatever. But you know, everyone was thinking about Discover Combo. So now we've seen where that fits into Pioneer as a whole, right? Which seems to me like it's just another part of the ecosystem. Like, to me, it's in the same sort of uh, range and area as Grease Fang. Um, now we see how it fits. Now I want to see where people go next with that. And I think the USRC is going to be huge for that as well. So I'm really ex- interested to see what happens with that. Like, will people figure out that how to break the Appraiser deck? Maybe the deck is broken, and but we just haven't found it yet. Because it's possible with such a powerful effect. Maybe the deck just has some other effect on the metagame that we're yet to see. So, well, let's see it. And I guess this might also have been a lesson to a lot of people to not (laughs) jump to conclusions too quickly. (laughs) Yeah, most most of the um, appraiser lists that did well, I believe, were playing uh, uh, Leyline Binding as an additional removal spell. Sure, I mean, uh, don't have a ton of options. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, yes, uh, it, it won. Uh, Appraiser won the event in in South America, and nice. the list is very similar to the one that JMM uh, played in um, in the in the mox showcase. One of the things I wanted to mention was as well the complete absence of Lotus Field combo, which uh, used to dominate every single RC for the whole year. Uh, I remember uh, Karsten putting the combined uh, win rates of the uh, RC prior to this weekend, and Lotusfield was the best deck, but uh, it did very poorly now with the Amalia combo, the Appraiser combo, Boris Convoke, Boris Heroic, like all decks that tried to win the game, and even Quintorius, all decks that tried to win the game before Lotusfield can win the game. Makes sense to me. I mean... There is another Lotus Field deck, but it is the blue white control version, so you have counter spells. Are you are you aware that this is perhaps one of the strongest decks in Pioneer, but hindered by its complexity slash difficulty? Because a single mistake can with lands can cost you the game. It will be an instant loss, I should say. Are you aware of that fact, Mango? Yeah, that is uh, I mean, I believe that. I believe that. Something very similar with Blue Red Merc died that oh, I God. feel so <laughs> I very much, I very much uh, sympathize with uh, that sentiment. I'm glad. I'm, yeah, I mean, Anthony, uh, I, I have to be. I have to be. You're you are contrarian on anything, so. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, yeah, this is definitely a very difficult game, Magic the Gathering, and uh, anytime you make a misplay, you will lose. No, that's not necessarily true, but I, 
Yeah. And this is the running joke of the of the week. Um Yeah, I mean there's not too much to say about this deck. I mean, I think it probably plays in a like I think it succeeds for similar reasons to the regular uh blue white deck. So um Oh, look at that. I I didn't know. Hmm? Uh, there's four copies of Sunken Synthedel in the deck. Oh yeah, I'm I'm positive that. this is a trap, so, but I don't know. <laughs> oh, you are positive this is a trap. Okay, yeah. that's an interesting thing. Because I've seen this card in Mono Black Coffers, which is a deck also uh, near to my heart in Modern, and I haven't tried this yet. So it's a top land that you choose a color, uh, you get mana from that color, and you can add, tap it to a two mana of the chosen color only to activate abilities of lands. So something like Urza Saga, Cabal Coffers, Field of Ruin, or in this case, uh, Thespian Stage. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I, like, I, I don't really get it. Like, the like the whole point of those decks is that they don't need to be fast, that they have extreme inevitability, right? So why are we playing cards that speed up what we do? I think it... Because it's not free to do so. I think adding more tap lines to this deck is very costly. You just need to survive, buy time to do what you're going to do, and then you're good, you know? Like, you, you already have enough Ooh, of it... end of clunk. Sorry? Does it reduce the mana for a Ganjo and Otawara as well? Yeah. Because they're land sources, yes. land sources. Yep. Oh. Well, then you have a lot of those. You also have the castles. So you actually come up with... Yeah, it does things. Know, but I think those are not... Them. They're not things that are especially valuable in the context of what the whole deck is trying to do. Because I think if you get to the Rest point the where, like, you're activating those those lands, you're probably in a pretty good spot anyway, right? Like, the Lotus Field deck is... Yeah, but... Like, I, this is good because it just doesn't run out of mm. action. Right? Like... Yeah, but I, f I feel like the extra mana here and there that you can like play a thing and also activate your creature land or you know do some some small things like that yeah i'm, I'm thinking about in the concept of mono black offers in modern where uh you know this card showed up in the uh energy finalist uh deck list wow. and i was thinking about you know maybe you know you, you don't want to play a tap land uh, i guess we can bridge into that right now okay so we, easy move. are we are we traveling to the world of modern now no, I mean, I'm just uh, saying that, you know, the one mana that you spend every turn of the game, every every time you tap the Sunken Citadel, it, it really adds up at the end. Like That's, that's more true like, for mana. coffers, though, right? Like, where you actually will spend all your mana every time. I don't think that's true for uh, a deck like Lotus Field. Hmm. L l at least let me see on. if uh, the J Japanese lists also have mm -hmm. it. It doesn't look like they do, so it was just a um, uh, South American list. But yeah, I mean, it's again, uh, this, this was just the first weekend you got to play with a new card, so maybe mm -hmm. the second weekend, but we'll see. Yeah, so still, uh, still new. Oh, Strict Proctor, that's oh, uh, <laughs> also very nice. That's also a great, uh, great tool against the Discover Combo decks. So uh, again, that, that 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 makes sense. You know, everything is in the context that's of true. the the big combos this weekend. That is true. Strict Proctor. I mean, this card used to be played in Ozora's Lotus Field. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that's why it's like well, totally possible. At least on Arena. Like, I think you didn't want to go to, like, massive extremes to try to fight these combo decks. You just take something that already... Just pick the things out of the ones that already existed that work well. And maybe adjust a little bit. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, going back to playing Strict Proctor in a deck that had played it before and stopped playing it is less out there than, you know, adding it to a deck that just wasn't interested in that card at all before. So, that approach, that kind of conservative approach makes sense to me especially with a limited amount oh, yeah, of time to adapt 
Let's travel now to the uh, modern format, as you said, because me and you have been talked a lot about coffers mm -hmm. uh, lately. So I guess uh, we could um, we could kind of share uh, with the listeners our uh, brainstorming around this deck. So I have a, an event in two weeks that is the LMS Barcelona. Unfortunately, I won't be home basically because tomorrow I leave for for vacation. So I, I wanted to kind of like come up with the deck and uh, see if, if it was good enough. And I really like Mono Black Coffers, although with the addition of uh, Tishana's Tide Binder in so many decks, eh, that card has just been a beating for me. Like, really? Yeah, like stopping a key activation of the ring and then, you know, the, 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 the protection of the ring, I mean, and then untapping and attacking. Mm. Uh, it's just hmm. sometimes, sometimes it's just, it's just a lot of damage. And... Uh, you know, ring was really uh, that, that's that's one of the things why I believe uh, when we were talking, you were very low on the, the March of the Worldly Light. I actually today played the deck again and went back up to four because that's a card that it just you need because you just lose so much life randomly. And even with the signing blood uh, technology that uh, you added, which by the way was super cool, I got to win. I counted them all uh, four games by targeting <laughs> my opponent. Only one of those was actually like I would have lost if the signing blood was you know not a burn. Spell. That's all good. I mean, it's kind uh, of free, so you know why not? <laughs> yeah, it is. It it is free. Um, reprieve was honestly the reason why I wanted to go white. Uh, splash white. I think the Leyline binding and prismatic ending wasn't as much needed as black already has good removals. But reprieve was just like this great effect that was able to answer the crushing footfalls deck, which otherwise it's. Kind of a beating like that. That that matchup is is very tough now, and they also got this new card in Tishana Stite Binder. So, I am not so sure how much I love my coffers deck since this new addition to modern in Tishana. Interesting. But, I hadn't realized it would be so impactful, yeah. but that kind of makes sense because at first I had thought that it wouldn't be a big deal for your deck because I mean it is a creature and all your deck is his removal spells, but just a single trigger yeah, alone yeah. is like kind of a big deal. Hmm. Exactly. Okay. Also on Karn, like you play Karn. And now it yeah. was just subtlety and force. I mean, not it was already subtlety and force of negation, and now it's also Tishana. Uh, so yeah, the problem is, is that Tishana is actually punishing. Like the other cards, I mean, I mean, if they hardcast subtlety, that's also punishing. But I think Tishana's Tide Binder is way more like legitimately punishing. Like, if they force it, then you're just trading cards. That's fine for your deck that is very happy to trade cards. Your one ring deck is always happy to trade one for one. But uh, Tide Binder seems like, uh, yeah. Wow, this card was. I, yeah, mean, there's yeah, a, I thought it might be decent. I didn't realize it would be so impactful. Huh. There are uh, two mono black uh, coffers in uh, the top eight of this energy event, which was over uh, 200 players. Nice. Oh, um, by the way, Anthony, do you know that uh, in uh, Chicago, the the week before the PT, there's going to be an uh, an energy in the in the same town? Uh, the same yes, I think that's it's Chicago. really awesome of them to do that for a lot of the people uh, traveling to the event. Um, I won't go, but. Um, I think it's uh, I will. for people to go. I will. All other yeah, decklists. I have planned. Uh, I have. Uh, I've. I've planned to go. So I will be. I'll be playing uh, some uh, uh, American. Yeah, we have to. Uh, we have testing before the PT. Go, so. Um, of course, of yeah. course, of course. Okay, uh, another uh, decklist that I feel like we should mention is the one from Isaac Bullwinkle, which is uh, the uh, progenitor of the Timorinus that we know nowadays with the main deck Mystical Dispute and uh, all sorts you know, all sort of uh, interaction. And he has decided to drop the Rhinus and uh, embrace the uh, four-color decks. Is, is this he even allowed? Also dropped... Like, 
I feel like yeah, Isaac... Actually, he... Dro- Isaac is the only person who ever wins with four color, I'm pretty sure. I've never seen anyone else win a match with this deck. But I don't think you're allowed to be champion of two decks at once. That just seems unreasonable. And, and also, this is the old version with four Vranen 6, four to one ring, two time warp, no cascade, no shardless. There is Optobinstock as well, but yeah. So this is definitely a strange thing. Is it strange? Why do you think it's strange? Yeah, because I thought that the version with Shardless was better than the version with Renin 6. I thought that Renin 6 wasn't so good anymore in the format. There's just less combo decks, the less, sorry, less control decks. Uh, so you don't need, the game don't go as long for Renin 6 to be able to create uh, the card advantage. I think something and, big uh, is that the Time Warp Renin 6 package means that you have some way of being a little bit more proactive. That might be important in some matchups, I imagine. Um... It's possible that the format adapted enough to the beanstalk stuff that this is actually good again. It's all I, I, I'm not I'm not I'm not entirely sure, but somewhat telling because I mean the beanstalk deck has not been doing much winning, right? The cascade, like the cascade four color deck, just well, I don't indeed, know. Every week we yeah, look at the, the results and it's never anywhere, ever. Yeah. So so um, this week uh, there's a, a set of. Uh, Quite decent tournament on Magic Online, which are the last chance, uh, modern last chance. If you 5 you qualify to the mocks uh, showcase. I was able to do that last season, unfortunately. I won't be playing any uh, this time. And uh, th- the first one that came out sees uh, two different people, Bernas Torres and uh, uh, Clordo Twin, both on the uh, Cascade uh, uh, Beanstalk version. And I also saw Respect the Cat just tweeting that he uh, 5 0 with uh, with one. So maybe uh, in the... A short tournament is still a good choice. Oh my god! Game. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think it's pretty different to five hour tournament than to uh, do one with you know the a longer a two day tournament with know. a top eight cut. But uh, you know, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's possible. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't actually know. I mean, it's possible that Isaac just preferred to play the older version. I know he mentioned that yeah. this is his favorite deck, which you know is something. Uh, I mean. Framing it as doing well with your favorite deck as opposed to uh, framing it as doing well with a very powerful deck is slightly different, you know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. No idea. For, for sure, for sure. Uh, but yeah, for Modern, I'm still like so undecided on what to play. I hope that my uh, holiday will uh, bring me some uh, some discover. Maybe, maybe, maybe some modern. people will give you some input. I know there are a lot of... Uh, modern fans out there who would love to tell you to play their deck and you know they might have some reasonable arguments because they would know why they those decks are good right i'm looking at this top 25 of the energy event and to my great great sadness i don't see a single blue red merc died sadness but not surprise you said yep no not surprise unfortunately i made the power ranking anthony yesterday uh, for the month of November for Chan of Fireball, and I put Merktide in the 10th place. Why is it so high? That... No, come on. Are you sure? <laughs> it's, it's not that reasonable. I know, it's not. It's not. Maybe you uh... can bring it back. You can you can be like Isaac with Fall Color and keep playing your deck because you love it and somehow win matches. You know, that would be yeah, cool. For sure. You can try that it again. Cool. That would be cool for sure. Follow your heart, Manger. Yeah, I mean, last uh, last LMS I played uh, Merktide. Yeah. It wasn't actually Merktide. I played the, the Blue Red Shell and it went well. Yeah, so it didn't do horribly, right? 
So yeah, I didn't do horribly. Let's frame it this way. I went 20, 20 plays. Yeah, just that's not bad. Yeah, you could play it again, especially if you just don't know what you're gonna play, right? Like, yeah, I don't know if everything doesn't look good to you, you might as well play one that you're happy with. I guess. Like, I mean, that's not how I would normally yeah. approach a tournament, but I think it's what you might do. So there's no like, why fight it? You know. Yeah, speaking of ways you approach a tournament, this uh -huh. this weekend, Anthony, you 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 played another challenge. What happens? Oh yeah, oh, uh, the I, I, for you. the standard one, you mean? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I played. I tried to. I I decided to give Golgaria a go because I thought I saw so much um, blue white mid range in all of these standard events, um, and I thought I could build a deck to fight it. Uh, which worked well in the showcase challenge before, which uh, Stefan Schutz and I, Mental Misstep, uh, and Lance Master Jarvis, you played my Golgari deck in that event. Uh, Stefan conceded the last round here, but you know he would. So he went five two and then conceded the last round. Uh, but we built a version of Golgari that was meant to be good against blue white, and I think it was good at doing that. Uh, we were pretty happy with the list, uh, and I'll explain the changes in a moment. For me. Uh, I didn't really realize how quickly the Magic Online events adapt. So what happened is that Domain was the deck that actually triumphed. And people very quickly switched to it. And I didn't realize that was going to happen. So <laughs> I played this Golgari deck, that, and I had I had warped it even more to fight Blue-White based on these results. And that was just totally the wrong thing to do. Because then I just played against Domain four times in a row. And my deck was just completely atrociously built against it. Like I had, you know, I was completely loaded up on... Uh, interaction against tokens and they played an Atraxa and I was like mm, this one's on me I think so yeah I just I just made a completely horrible metagame read and that's something that can happen with Golgari especially if you go too far with it like I really went quite far with uh, trying to adapt but for example the list that uh, we submitted for the showcase challenge was a lot more just stock good stuff I guess like it was it was like a little bit metagame but not too much in the way that I tried for the very unsuccessfully for the next one, and maybe that's something I don't know. I, I also I also tried to meta game very hard for a previous tournament and it backfired horrendously. So I should probably not do that so often. Uh, the biggest thing here I think is that uh, Hulking Raptor was really really impressive. I think that card is actually better than Blossoming Tortoise. Uh, Stefan said he wanted to try it, and I initially just missed it because I thought, well, I don't really want to play a ramp deck with this card, right? Because uh, one of the one of the biggest strengths of ramp strategies in general is that it's harder to interact with them, and so having your ramp piece be something that can be killed is pretty unappealing. Like this card is ward, but it's going to be pretty tough even if they trade one for one with it. If your whole plan is built around playing this card and then casting seven drops off it, what we hadn't realized was that you don't have to like play a big spell if you have extra mana, right? You could just play two spells. So this card was really good for that reason. And you do have, like, other ways to spend your mana. Like, you have Restless Cottage that you're hovering over, and you can also have a couple of big spells in your deck, like Nyssa, that don't act like seven mana spells in terms of deck building, but do act like seven mana spells in terms of casting of Hulking Raptor, in terms of the power you get out of it. So, yeah, I was I was really impressed by the Raptor. I, I do think it's better than the Tortoise. It's just a better offensive threat, and it is more consistent, um, and... Uh, it's also a little more flexible, I guess. That w The Sentinel really, really impressed me. This card is... Wow. You can tell I love it, because we put four of them, and that was a position only reserved for Mosswood Dreadnought before. And 
Yeah. Wow. So yeah. there's Sentinel in the name of the city is the three mana for a three four with vigilance that when it comes into play or attacks, you make a map token. This is something like cube level of play. Like Yeah, this card is unreal. It, really it wouldn't surprise like it me. But I don't know anything about cube, but this card is like so strong that I would I would be surprised if it wasn't good in cube, which I assume is, you know, mostly good cards on raid. Um yeah, I feel like I feel like this does a lot. Like it's it does. easy to play. It gives you one value, and then it's it's large. It can be yeah, like it gets a, bigger and bigger. It's a five six the next turn. It gets bigger and bigger, yeah. and it it selects for cards. And it the, the sizing like is sim. I mean, you mentioned uh, I mentioned in my Golgari guide the previous sentinel. Why why all the sentinels three mana green three fours? The sentinel of lost law was also anyway. Um, that, that card was, like, well-sized against a lot of the fight, but this one also has Vigilance, so it's, like, also good against the Wandering Emperor. Like, wow, this, you know? Now this card can, like, block it was, uh, even a Subterranean Schooner, which is, you know, a pretty large two-drop. Like, yeah, let's, let's talk about that one, because it was it was everywhere in the top eight. Yeah, Subterranean Schooner. This is the, the, the new vehicle, which I guess they didn't quite break out in Pioneer yet, but it is uh, everywhere in... Uh, yeah. <laughs> in uh, you think it's going to? It would mean yet. No, I mean I was. I remember reading a tweet that said that it was the new smuggler's copter, which is banned in Pioneer. Oh my god! So I said, I said yet. But I haven't tried it. I don't. I've never actually played a game with this card, but okay. it, it does read very good, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty three. good. I think maybe it's a little overrated. Yeah. I think it's a good card, but it's a little overrated. Like, it's it's seeing a yeah, this... kind of incredible player, and people are kind of warping their decks around. It in a way which I think is probably counterproductive. Like Ooh. I think you would rather just build a better deck that has some schooners than build your deck to use a schooner as well as possible. But it is it deck, is very popular. Yeah, this this deck by Parrot, who came second in the showcase challenge, mm -hmm. reminds me of the one that Alexander Hain brewed for Worlds. Yeah, yeah. Like I remember talking to I remember talking to Hain in the uh, player party on the 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 night before Worlds, and he said that he made up. This new deck with Invasion of Segovia and uh, Regal Bunicorn. Now that shell also picked up Spyglass Siren, which is the one-one flyer that makes a map and Schooner. Yeah, and, Siren's you know, really nice. Again, came second in this. Oh. Yeah, I feel like uh, this is. Yeah, Alexane is gonna be happy to see this list. I mean, this deck just gets to play a lot of good cards on Ray and has a lot. I mean, this it's also like reasonably well set up, uh, especially post board against the domain decks. Like just playing a low curve and. Counter spells seems like it uh, should be good. Um, hmm. This deck doesn't have that many counter spells now. I see. I guess it does a Tishana's Tidebinder. Uh, here it does something more specific. Like uh, Tishana's Tidebinder is pretty broad in modern. In standard, it's quite a bit more specific in that it's very good against a domain deck and not that special against other ones. Um, but domain is a deck well worth uh, metagaming against. I think so. Yeah, I see, I see that uh, the the winner. Mm -hmm. um, with domain was playing four copies of Cavern of Souls, which can, uh, which naming uh, uh, Angel can make uncomfortable and fix the amount of both Archangel of Wrath. Yeah, it's a and huge deal. So. Yeah. Archangel of Wrath is so good it at stabilizing you, and Atrax is a thing you most want to do after stabilizing. So, just even if it's only two angels, like Cavern is so good with them that uh, it's completely worth it. Especially because of the mana fixing, which is actually relevant for those uh, fairly different. Like you have the Archangel has red in the cost, and the Atrax is the other four colors. So. Makes sense. Yeah, and uh, one last deck that we should mention uh, regarding the standard is the one that uh, uh, mocked won the challenge the next day, which is uh, these black-white mid-range deck uh, that plays 
Deep Cover and Bot has a protection spell for two mana. This is a the new kids a freebooter effect. And then you have a lot of mid-range cards like Wedding Announcement, Restoration of Engadjo, Virtue of Persistence, Shield Emperor. So like a pretty classic black-white, but I'm assuming this deck is bad against the uh, domain though. Uh yeah, I'd imagine so. I mean Mog said he specifically built this deck to fight uh the Esper decks. So that makes sense, I guess. Um he I guess he, he said he didn't like the blue cards as much in the mirrors, so uh maybe there's not quite enough ways to progress if you pass with uh make this appear up, but and the cards like Restoration of Igandra are particularly strong in grinding mirrors for sure. So yeah, I mean this is this was a really interesting take, actually. Very interesting take. Um It's difficult to tell like how it would be go against the other decks. I don't know if this is better or worse against Golgari, but I would assume it's better because of the same grindy cards, right? Like you have Restoration and Virtue. Hmm. Are you are you planning on playing a Standard Challenges weekend? Uh no, I think I have some other events on yeah, I have um, <laughs> a pretty interesting event on the Saturday, which is definitely more casual. And and then I have another. Uh, I'll, I'll play the standard store championship. It? Oh, it's the format is peasant pioneer, so we have to build pioneer decks that are uh, twenty dollars or less. But which which is obviously a very casual format. But I'm playing it because they're giving away fifteen hundred dollars in prizes, and the, and the entry is free. By the way, it's very generous. It's a there's a guy here uh, in Australia, Pat Hawkins. He runs. I think uh, an auction uh, business called Josh and Pat's MTG Auctions. And yeah, he d he does a lot of like nice stuff like this, but this one's wild. Like he's just throwing on a $1,500 event with a casual format, free entry. Uh, very nice. We we get a lot of good stuff here in Australia, you know. <laughs> We're very lucky. Is this the first time of this event? Or is yeah, it's the first time. Yeah, he's just, time. yeah, he's just putting it on, yeah. All right, so have you, have you thought about a deck... Have you brewed up in? Yeah, I didn't put much thought into it because I was I, I wanted to focus on helping people for the USRC. I didn't want this to distract me too much, so I just kind of submitted something random. Um, but it was it was fun actually. Like to pl like playing some of these like it made me appreciate a little more of the constraints that casual formats put on you. Sometimes like I played Commander before, and like that was interesting to have to think about things in a completely different way. Um, and the, the budget constraint was interesting. Like it's not something that I usually like to think about, but you know, for example, thinking about um, how, like, looking for weaker versions of cards because they fit inside the budget was an interesting exercise for sure. So it was, it was fun to do. What was the budget yeah. like? Where did you find the the like? What's what's the price for the budget? Like, what would you check? Oh, a TCG player. So okay, okay, yep. Okay. All right. What while we're in the topic of uh, you know more uh, casual format. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's shout out this uh, event that I played last Saturday, which was the Italian Nationals pre-modern event. Oh, nice. They actually had eighty-five players, so it was a quite-sized uh, event. And I went over to Bologna and played Elves. Actually, played a lot of uh, this format with my friends locally here. This is the first time I go to a tournament, and uh, yeah, obviously the the, the format was uh, the people were great, had a great time. There's actually a lot of foreigners that came um, from Spain and uh austria germany and etc so it was cool it was uh i got to play elves i finished uh, f five and two good for 15th place 14th place and yeah not that not too much to say i'm not gonna go too much in details of, of what happened but i love that magic there's so many uh, different ways to enjoy it and yeah that's cool yeah there's just so many players 
Yeah, 85 so, players for like so many a people. format like this is like, that's impressive. I mean, it's Italy, like all your events are like yeah. massive and somehow involve a lunch break with <laughs> catering, but you know, it's still cool <laughs> that, you, that you have yeah, lots yeah, of I players. Got, yeah, I got... Yeah, I, I posted a lot of food pictures uh, definitely over the weekend. I mean, like the week before, I played 125 vintage tournament and then 85 people pre-modern tournament. So definitely there is, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of you know old players waiting to to play their old cards. Like, I guess. I, I mean, the, the deck that, that that's an aesthetically pretty cool deck. Yeah. Yeah, the aesthetic. Nice. Although you know that you don't have to uh, follow the aesthetics. Oh, so are you allowed like to play like? Play are you allowed to like have your forest yes. be like half half Doctor Who basics and like half M fifteen basics? That would be hilarious. You should do that. Yeah, can you do that for me? I've actually 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 have a good friend of mine who plays pre pre modern only, and he's just like the cheapest version of every card. So he's like tenth edition Hypnotic Specter. Yeah. Dominar Master, the Source Supply Shares. Let's go. And I, and I tried to say, like, come on, like, it's not expect a revise. Nah, nah, like, I'm on your friend's side. Euro, your friend, your you friend's know? great. That's, you should be more like him. <laughs> and he's like, oh no. And he's like, oh no, I don't care. And it's like, ah, oh. you know, I'm <laughs> over here. Uh, you're playing, playing this format mostly because the cards look good. <laughs> not for him. Guy but, just wants yeah. to play some games. Yeah. I love it. That is that is true. Yeah, he came ninth, unfortunately. See, he did better sense. than you. Uh, See, can't yeah, argue with results. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is. Another very good friend of mine uh, made the top eight with a uh, green white deck uh, with Armageddon, three copies of Armageddon, which is a pretty pretty brutal card, dude. Okay, you're not selling me on um, this format, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I think it's time to, to wrap it up, Anthony. What do you say? Sounds good. Sounds good. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Of course, this was uh, uh, Competitive Magic with the Carnies, episode 60. Uh, next week, I will not be with you. Uh, I will leave you to uh, Javier and Anthony. Uh, I hope you guys will have a great episode, and I look forward to listening to it on my flight back home nice. a few days later. Yep. We definitely won't and, yeah. make fun of you while you're gone. I promise. Yeah, so if you have to talk about four color, remember that it, its results vary based on the number of rounds in the tournament. I mean, we agree. We act do it. We do agree on that point. Its results do vary based on the number of rounds in the tournament. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Anthony. I'll uh, see you next time. Sounds good. Adios.